You're listening to Embolden Adventures. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, listeners and adventurers. Welcome to another episode of the Embolden Adventures podcast show. Embolden Adventures, be emboldened. Embolden Adventures is meant to inspire you to travel, to get out there, to explore, to learn. Let Embolden Adventures encourage you to take those steps to experience the world. Follow along on the adventure. Visit the website at emboldenadventures.com. Sign up for email updates on new content and ideas. Follow Embolden Adventures on Facebook and social media. And subscribe to the Embolden Adventures podcast show on the podcast page of the Embolden Adventures website. Please rate the podcast and tell us what you think. Ceremony four had happened last night. So four out of seven ayahuasca ceremonies so far, and it's day seven in the rainforest. So I've been here at this retreat center for over a week, just about a week now. We're right in the middle of it all in terms of the experience and the lessons and lessons, more of them will be continuing to come even when we leave this rainforest, this beautiful rainforest. And it's a gorgeous day today. It feels a little bit humid. The sun's shining. It has a, a bit of a spring feel to it. We haven't had much rain the past, I don't know, 24 hours or so. Ceremony four, uh, they're all different. They're all different. That's what I'm finding out. And people will tell you, oh, I've done X amount, Y amount, you know, and none of them are ever the same. And the lessons that the ayahuasca spirit from the vine, the ayahuasca vine shows you are what you're ready to see and what it's ready to tell you. And, you know, I think also the benefit of these, these, this retreat, these, these experiences, but working with, you know, this group is the post ceremony debrief with one another, you know, very informally at lunch or during the floral baths or in the mornings when we have our plant rabbinese at the maestro's house uh, right by the center of the retreat. That's where we really kind of get into the sharing of what did you experience? What's, you know, what were some of the takeaways you got? What were the lessons? Or, you know, you're also rooting for those that had had no experience or limited experience so far. And luckily, um, everyone has had an experience with the exception of one person who decided to leave yesterday. And another person is leaving today prematurely on his own volition because uh, he feels he had gotten what he needed. So good luck to him. Good luck to both of them who have decided to leave for that matter. And, you know, we're here because we want to be here. And this isn't easy. And I think one of the th key kind of realizations that we're all facing is this is hard work. You know, you are going into this multi-universe, multi-dimensional territory that doesn't make any sense in, in this material world. You know, some may just say, oh, it's a psychedelic trip with these drugs that you're on. Others, like ourselves now, will disagree that it's more than that. It's much more than that. It's, but it's at the same time, like, we can't really figure it out. <laughs> We're trying to make sense of it. And 
as I've been continuing to say, the maestros and the maestros, the ikros that they sing, the the uh, vibrational feelings they're getting through from the plant spirits and the other kind of energies that are around them that, that they're channeling. When they come to you in the ceremony, in the maloka, that's a circle that we sit in at night, head on, you feel it. And in this case, yesterday, um, you know, when Richard and Benito came by, Richard first, Benito second, singing their ikros, first of all, I can see it. It's, I'm wearing pants right now, so it sort of looks like <laughs> see these lines I don't you probably can't make it out but my pants have like parallel lines and um, I don't know if you could probably see, joking yeah they're, they're the lines they're like faint faint lines and to me like it's the vibrations that come out of the maestros and the maestros during their singing and they're ever so faint some of them look like thumbprints some of them look like spiderwebs some of them just are like kind of wavy parallel lines as if you're kind of looking at a TV that has fuzz. And those are the vibrations. Those are the vibrational kind of energies that are coming to you as you sit up and receive the blessings and the teachings through the maestros and the maestras. And ayahuasca helps to facilitate this. Sometimes ayahuasca herself shows you who she is like she did last ceremony for me. And even this one. I just have a really genuine love for the maestros and the maestras, the, faci the facilitators for one another here. We're really bonding and it's very obvious now to me how special they treat us in terms of imparting lessons of the universe into us and doing a duty. It's a sense of duty that they have taken on over the many, many, many years of training they've, they've um, worked on themselves and, and a lot of their training to get to their maestro level is it's through isolation. At a young age, they're drinking ayahuasca and they're going into the rainforest for maybe a month or so at a time and isolating themselves, st sticking to a very strict dieta or a diet of, you know, lean plant, lean kind of food, no sugars, plants, um, very, very kind of clean eating. And while you're in solitude, and this happens, you know, wherever in the mountains in the Himalayas or, you know, those meditating monks, you get wisdoms and you get it through meditation. You get it just being amongst the energies of the earth and the universe. And in this case, these maestras start to really understand the language of plants. And as I mentioned in past videos, we are learning that ayahuasca came to the maestros and the maestros or or these these shibibo people in the amazon rainforest they just knew just by becoming one with nature and immersing themselves in this environment free of you know the western world free of any sort of distractions um for for many many generations they learn that the plants showed them where the ayahuasca vine is meeting with the charchuna leaf. So together, molecularly, when you ingest it like we do, we drink the, this brew of the ayahuasca vine and the charchuna leaf. And the ayahuasca vine, as I mentioned, is an MAO enzyme inhibitor in your body that naturally occurs. And by suppressing the enzyme, inhibiting the MAO enzyme, 
it allows the DMT from the charchuna plant to work its magic through your body. And that's opening and unlocking a portal that is energy and the universe and consciousness and this oneness beyond this material world that we live in, this 3D, you know, concrete world, you know, where our bodies are in. And so with this combination that was in, you know, gifted to them by nature, Mother Nature, Pachamama is Mother Earth, Ayahuasca is the spirit that lives in the vine. Uh, it's allowing us as humans to open ourselves up, to really see the mysteries of the universe, to really start to truly understand what's going on here. And, you know, the 23 of us that have been brought here, you know, by the universe, I think this is a calling. I've been called from New York City to come here um, in ways I still don't really know why, but we're learning as we go. Um, all of us are here together, you know, really trying to understand this. And, and a lot of introspection is happening and a lot of sharing amongst one another is happening because the lessons we're learning or we're imparting for others and it kind of is a constant facet of, you know, a prism of light, you know, because you're constantly seeing it in a new direction and it constantly kind of is going to build and build and build upon, you know, itself and it just becomes deeper and deeper in terms of, you know, oh yeah, that's what this means and that's the symbolism of this and I get it now and and so it's interesting to see what people are going through. You know, one person is really dealing with some childhood trauma that um, he never even knew he had at a very, very young age. Um, and, and how profound that is. And he's kind of has seeing his life flashing before his eyes in terms of, all right, it started here and this is where it kind of manifested to. And this is how I've reacted as a human in, in these instances going forward. And this is where I've been hurt and this is where I hurt. Um, and it's just, you know, they say it's like 20 years of therapy, you know, all into one brew. And these ayahuasca kind of teachings and our ceremonies are building upon each other too. It's awesome. I mean, we're really learning a lot. And my friend Michelle, she, um, she was enlightened last night. She got to see Nirvana. I mean, she's been on this really strong meditative path and who knows like why it happens when it happens. But she actually said she saw Jesus last night. She felt all the kind of, uh, saints like, um, Yogananda and others that she is aware of and prays to and, and works with. Um, and just had, basically she felt like she understood the secrets of the universe. And she's like now in this ever blissful state, hugging people and feeling as if it's all about love, no matter what. And we're, the gifts are everywhere. As she said, they're just right in front of us and they're there for our taking and they're unique to each one of us. That was really cool to kind of get her messages that she received last night. We spent a long time this morning, just over lunch or breakfast, I should say, um, just talking about, okay, well, what else, what, what do you know about this? And what did you learn about that? Um, because, you know, we're all on different paths here, different stages, and some may attain that, maybe others won't. I don't know if I'm going to, but I do know that um, last night when we first started uh, with, um, with the ceremony, which is always really cool because, you know, here we are, we do pre-yoga, um, in the Maloka, in the circle, and it's done by, um, by firelight, you know, the, the, the kerosene lamps that we have is the only real light that we have, and the screened windows, 
you know, you have the rainforest really up against it and you can hear the, you know, noises of the rainforest around you at night. And it's a very kind of, it's just, it's like, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's ceremonial in the truest sense of the word. And, and, and I'm, um, coming like these ideas of Indiana Jones and um, the Temple of Doom and, you know, the mysteries of like the Mayans and, you know, sh ritualistic kind of really indigenous experiences. It's, it's, a, it's a ceremony and this is the beginning. It's a, we, we embrace it by starting with a stretching and breathing exercise through pre-ceremonial yoga. And then once that's done, it's an hour, we're ready to begin the ceremony and the maestras and the maestros, you know, they come in to the maloka and they get themselves seated. Hola. They get themselves seated in the center um, with the facilitators. And as I mentioned maybe before, it's not like the Western uh, kind of way where, you know, a facilitator will now get up and start like saying, okay, the ceremony's about to begin. Everyone take your places. It's not that at all. It's, um, you know, we have five maestros and maestras and they, they sit there. They're in a Zen state. They're puffing on their mapacho cigarettes. They're kind of in a zone. They're also on ayahuasca, mind you. And they're readying themselves to begin the process of giving. And it's, and the more and more we do this, the quieter we are becoming. And we're also part of this ceremonial process where, you know, we're all going to be one in this kind of energetic experience. Some people are nervous. Some people are excited. Some people are pensive uh, because, you know, some people have hard times with this. You know, I had a hard one, um, ceremony two and part of ceremony three. Uh, some people are terrified. There are some terrors that they're going through. They feel like they're, 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 they're in hell. Their life is kind of over. And that's, again, potentially the, the breaking of the ego and letting go and, you know, truly surrendering and having full trust in what's to come. Uh, yeah, so that's, it's a very kind of Serious is the wrong word. Somber is the wrong word. It's it's like a it's like a cool zen, but knowing that this is that we're about to begin. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a readiness, a, a kind of a really quiet solitude of readiness. And and so the the lights are still the the fire lights are still burning. So there's um, kind of an illumination that's happening. It's completely dark now because it starts at eight o'clock. Our ceremonies. And we have this maloka that has a pitched roof. It's almost like an umbrella of um, thatched um, grasses, palms, dried palms, and um, and sustainable tree limbs that you know use they used to uh, build the structure of the roof. And eventually, at some point, you know the maestros. I think it's Richard. He starts to whisper or whistle his whisper his his first ikro he he sings it into the ayahuasca bottle is what he is what he whispers and then eventually it, he gets up and he gives it to i think it's teresa who is the one who administers it and then the facilitators come and they kind of 
you know, guide the path with the illuminated uh, fire. And they offer our cigarettes, mapacho, and they offer us now, we're getting choices in terms of the level of dose that we want. They have a tiny cup, a little middle cup, and a bigger cup. And those that aren't feeling the effect are getting the bigger doses. And then we've been topping up um, for another round if we wanted to, if we feel the, the effects aren't working just yet. But we're, we're, um, we're, um, we're counseled too, because they talk us through like, you know, last night you had this experience, maybe it may make sense to start here and then move your way up. So it's not like, you know, you're kind of lost in this decision of how much you should take. Some people want to take more like me, other want to take less and less, but every night it's a different kind of game day decision. And that was the thing I was saying to some friends um, earlier. It's, it feels like it's game day. You know, when we start to really begin the process, the floral baths and start to kind of re ready ourselves for the night. Um, it's like, it's like an anxiety, it's like a, an anxiousness, like, okay, the big game is about to start. Like, are we ready? You know, we, we've practiced, we're, we're kind of ready. We're in the zone game day. So it's game time decision of how much you're going to take. And then, so I took mine last night and once that happens, we all kind of lay down. We are still in kind of, it, it's very, very quiet. Everyone's still in a zone. Everyone's just thinking, you know, meditating, pondering their intentions, because that's what we need to bring as an intention or many, what we plan to ask the universe and plan to have Mama Ayahuasca help us with in what we're trying to work on and have breakthroughs on. And so we're kind of all in this like collective pensiveness, a quiet, at some point, the Icaros begin in unison in the middle. And last night, it took, for me, it seemed like it took a very long time before that first Icaros chorus began. We are, you know, we started the um, alignment phase of this seven ceremony, uh, seven ceremony healing process. And so I can notice a difference yesterday as opposed to the other ones. The first one felt a little superficial, a little like extreme and happy and everything's beautiful and blissful and you know, yippee. The second one was cleansing and clearing a lot of these like childish, you know, baseline type of emotions, you know, criticism and impatience and anger and you know, know-it-all and know-it-allism. I know this and I know that and I know what's best for me and you know, I know everything and I, this is, you know, very kind of just childish disrespectful, all that. And, and now it's okay. It's, we're in an alignment phase because they've been cleansing us out, getting rid of the pent up toxicities, getting rid of the pent up energies, traumas, unlocking all the crap that we've kind of taken on in this life and maybe some past lives and just getting us purified, cleansing it out, like the purge, purge it out, get it all out. Okay. And now it's the three ceremonies four, five, six of aligning, align with the spirit, align with the universal one. And to me, when we first started, I could see Mama Ayahuasca again. I saw her, but this time she was different. Before she was within me, she was like a fern. She was very graphic in terms of like um, greens and colors and stars. And, and it just was this presence that was in me and loving and protecting and, and healing. So green is a color of healing and regeneration, regrowth. And so I saw her, but this time she wasn't in me. She was above me. And it was again, a, a three-dimensional, multi-dimensional graphic. 
and it was a forest green, maybe a darker blue color and shapes like very thin, you know, outlines of squares and circles and lines, lots of lines. And it just came at a very slow momentum pace and just over me, hovering me. And I think that Ikros waited because it was setting the scene for all of us. And I was convinced all of us saw this. We were all kind of seeing this and feeling it as one. Finally, they started singing and then they got into their circle positions where they get in front of you and give you an individual Ikros per the five maestras. And that's when you naturally know to sit up and you become lucid when your Ikros is ready and you sit up from your slumber and you get up and you put your chair to your back and you sit and receive. And that's the thing, like now, you know, we're coming, we're becoming better and better about getting up, focusing, making sure our energies are, 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 are kind of, you know, torso and head and arms and everything are, are wide enough to receive the blessings and the, uh, the, um, the healings and the lessons that are coming through the maestros to us through the vibrations that are the gross. My intention yesterday was help me believe. Show me how to believe. Show me who you are. Show me how to believe. Show me what it's like to go home after this and not feel like this was just some quick fix that I revert back to the old world that I know and it's comfortable and the old way of thinking and the old way of just being. Show me how I permanently fix myself in a way that I can be integrating this going forward. What they... what. What ayahuasca showed me is, um, it's interesting. It showed, it put me now in my past, but also in my present and where I can be in the future. As if I was back in my room growing up as a kid or in my apartment in New York City, or if I'm in my bedroom sleeping, it, it, I felt like it was real. Like I was back home again and this is just a dream. But it wasn't because at the same time, this we live in an illusion. This is an illusion. We are in an illusionary dimension that is, you know, this hard material of a body. And in that kind of, I feel like I'm back home, I'm sleeping in my bed, you know, this was all a dream. It kind of then, you know, broke apart sometimes, like almost like a jolt of energy you see on TV and it goes zzz. And in those zzz, you know, like energy, it showed me that this is an illusion. Like you're in your room, but zzz, you know, this area is breaking apart. It's not real. Um, it's breaking away. Your illusion is fading. It's crumbling, but that was fine. It wasn't scary. It's just, it's showing you, see, this is an illusion. You're in your room, but it's an illusion. And what it did was it showed me, it like zeroed in on certain areas growing up as a kid in my room, like where, see, I'm right in front of you. I've been here the whole time. I've been with you this whole time. I'm here. I'm always here for you. I love you. That was the message I was getting. It showed me like a picture of this um, garbage can that I had that my grandma gave me when she went to Atlantic City. It was Caesar's Palace. And I use it as a little tiny garbage, plastic garbage can. And it has like kind of a pyramid structure, you know, very like Chichen Itza looking, I think. And saying, see, look, there's evidence here. And it said, see your guinea pigs as pets. They're from Peru. 
I've given you guinea pigs to remind you of Peru. See, you live in you live in Connecticut where you have this kind of forest that you grew up around, you know, very kind of woodlit, woodsy. The woods is very similar to where I feel right now in the rainforest. I feel very much at home with the the, the bugs and the humidity and the, the leaves and the you know the sun kind of um, coming through the trees and you know frogs and mushrooms and birds and you know it's the same thing this is my childhood i'm i'm here in the in, in connecticut right now so it's saying see I, I put you in 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 a in the version of a rainforest that i could and it it just it showed me my dog it showed me my cats they're there for you they're there for you there are energies that are here for you uh and then it took me to my apartment and it said see look you have this picture you bought in belize that you have framed that's an evidence of me. I'm saying hello through this like Mayan kind of picture with like beautiful, you know, wings that are a bird almost, a firebird. I have an Inca cross. I have, you know, my, just the decor of my apartment, the way it's very kind of texturally, geometrically shaped, you know, the furniture, the, um, the lights, the light fixtures, you know, the, the, the martini glasses I even picked that are kind of like Aztec-y almost. You know, the way that the curves are in my bathroom in terms of the artwork and, you know, the crisscross of my mat, my um, duvet cover, um, the, the fake palm trees I have in my apartment that are very rem reminiscent of the rainforest. It's saying, see, I'm all here and you can come to me anytime. Like the crystals that I have, like that are the doorknobs of my dresser. Um, it's all there. The geometric shapes in my apartment. Um, it's all there and it kept zzz, zzz, like, you know, it's breaking apart the, the reality you think you're in, but you can go there anytime and know that I'm always there. I'm giving you those obvious uh, images. Similar to what I was saying, you know, the first time where I was seeing kind of like the psychedelic patterns in the rainforest on the way home, it's, it's stuck stationary in like um, the mushroom concentric circles or, you know, the various kind of, um, designs of the leaves. I don't think I have any here to show you or the fractals in nature. Uh, the butterflies, the, the bugs, you know, the vines, all that is, is living and breathing and, and examples to show you that it's here anytime you need it. It walked me through New York City. It says you purposely live on the east side next to the river. You purposely live near a river. You've purposely, you know, live near areas that are of um, good energies that you can use to help advance, like, the world in the ways you need to or should or um, can help contribute to a better place. You know, it, it showed me where I can go if I ever need, you know, to seek some solitude. It showed me the ivy that grows along 57th Street next to the river. It says, go to the ivy. It said, go to Central Park, go to Central Park all the time. It said, um, you know, there's, a, there's this building on um, Lexington Avenue in Murray Hill that's green. It says, go to that building. It keeps showing me to go to this church on Park Avenue and go inside and just sit and meditate because it's this beautiful um, mosaic of gold around this like, I don't know, picture of some Bible person. I don't even know, but it's, it's always very pretty. It says, go there. It was showing me how I can cope in my, in my real world when I go back and where I can always kind of hold on to these experiences um, and feel as if I can continue to find my solitude and, and meditate and feel comforted. 
and know that this like multi-dimensional universe that that I'm immersed in that we're all immersed in is um is not scary it's it's the oneness and it's and it's energy and Michelle said this the energies come through in shapes and in colors and what she saw was vibrational and it's so like she said it was hotter than the thousand suns you know more louder the sound and the vibration she goes our human her humanness can't contain it for too long this nirvana but she got a glimpse of it she says it's just pure love and pure bliss so yeah there's more work I can do to get there um, and I'm not sure when I'm ready to receive it it's here you have to allow it here in your heart um, yeah and so that was interesting and there was more kind of of that and I was you know more kind of like you know really intense geometric kind of patterns you know lots of like you know, when you're in a house music rave, it's like kind of electric colors, whites and blues, really in intense. That's how I've seen a lot of that, a lot of like intense, like electric yellows and blues and um, reds and pinks and whites. Um, you know, that's when the kind of visions got more intense in terms of the geometric shapes. Uh, right before I finished meditation, I saw Shiva in my mind's eye. Um, I could see the chakras. Before we went under with the ayahuasca, I saw the chakras and the Shiva, black silhouette of Shiva in front of it. So that was really cool. I'm starting to see now um, with my mind's eye a lot clearer because I feel like it's coming in and, and working on my head. It's working with my spirit. It's working with my energies in my, bodies, my body. And... Uh, and so, yeah, I'm feeling more aware, like I'm very sensitive right now. Um, and then at one point, like I got up, I had, so I think it was Richard or it might, it was both Richard and Benito when they were singing their Icaros to me. I was so like, you know, just like as loose as like wet spaghetti. Like my head couldn't, I couldn't hold my head. I was touching my face like this. I was very limp right and I just remember being this way and swaying to the Icaros as he sang and you know I wanted to feel I kept putting my hands up feel and receive and close my eyes and see and and, and, and just receive and be thankful be grateful and at some point two different times I could see the energy now become like hardened or, or, oh, it's raining. How pretty. Beautiful sun shower right now. I'm sure it's fine with the camera. It's refreshing. So yeah, so when they were giving the Ecros, I could feel it like become manifest. I, I could see it. It was, you know, as if it was blocks of stones, gray and, and gray stones. Um, but just like, it just grew out and it hit me. Um, two times I saw the Icarus actually manifest into something that looked material. A material, like Lego kind of, whoa, it's just coming and hitting me like a ton of bricks, bricks. <sighs> so then I got sick. Once Benito was done, I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. I never really go to the bathroom during the ceremonies, and this time I did. And I was lucid enough to walk, got up and walked. And like I said, we have these angels that work 
at night with us, we call them door angels. They are the ones that help usher us down the stairs. They have the red lights to guide the way. And we go out to the bathroom and I purged <laughs> both this direction and then eventually the vomiting. There is a, um, a YouTube video that I watched to prepare me to come here. There was many, but there was one that was very profound that I thought this one guy was talking about the beauty of life and he was he saw the demon in the vomit bucket and he was able to wink at it and it didn't feel scary to him the minute he qualified it as okay and not scary he was able to feel okay about you know fears and I used that actually when I was getting laid off I used that kind of energy you know that kind of attitude to like whatever you think is going to be scary look at it straight on its head and wink at it and be like I got you you're not scary I'm I'm kind of neutering you if that's a good term and it's funny because that to me was like an, in a very kind of eye-opening moment like you could take fear and turn it upside down and not be afraid of it no, you know nothing's really scary I used to be scared of ghosts and afraid of the dark and even this you know ceremonies I'm not I'm like, nothing scares me right now. I'm not scared of demons, I'm not scared. I'm sure something can scare me with this process, but I'm not worried. And anyway, so I'm vomiting now in the beautiful moonlight, it was a full moon, and you see like what you think a rainforest would look like in the evening, like a blue kind of iridescent dark blue sky with the, with the, the moon, and you have the, the clouds that are kind of gossamer and you have the silhouettes of um, the big tall palm trees. It's almost as if it's cartoon-like. It was gorgeous. And here I am, I just like totally like got rid of all the junk that was in my body, purged out a bunch of shit. And here I am like looking up being like, this is so fucking cool. I'm in the rainforest in the middle of the ayahuasca ceremony with the Shibibo people and being cared for and being, this is just so, cool like the experiences the visions like wow i am in this is unlike anything i've ever done like wow this is really gonna stick with me just seeing that silhouette made of the of the, the leaves made me be really happy about this and then you know i saw the demon in the bucket and it looked it was cool like it had eyes and it was like it had like a silhouette to it a sort of like you know pattern or um like an edge like it kind of had a face and I looked at it and I winked at it. I'm like, I'm gonna do what this guy did, I'm winking. And, and then I like stood up and I said, I'm okay and you're okay, even the demon. And I'm like, and then I vomited it again. But then I saw the demon again and it was like, um, like then it became like a serpent almost, like the head of, a, head of a lizard or some sort of snake. And I'm like, it's cool, it's beautiful, this is neat. And then, then I looked at it again, it was like, all right, this is just a, bucket that's illuminated in the night and I need to get back in there because I hear the Icaros going and I don't know if my turn's next because they keep you know rotating around the Maloka. So I get back up and you know luckily I'm, I'm able to walk no problem I feel clear and I lay back down I put my you know feet up my hands up and next thing you know go into a deep kind of you know vision really tangible really material it was massive you know kind of shapes and multi-dimensions and i keep repeating that it feels like chichen itza or like the art from the ancient mayans or the ancient inca or the aztec you know that kind of art that's very kind of psychedelic and geometrically shaped and very intricate and detailed to me that's what this was it was um this kind of deity started to kind of just grow 
And it was, says, it goes, I'm Wiracocha. Hello, Wiracocha. And I'm like, geez, Wiracocha's here. Like, I'm gonna go see him in Tiwanaku in Bolivia next. And Wiracocha came in my vision during Dr. Brian Weiss uh, when I was doing past life regression three years ago. Wiracocha, he's the sun god that the um, ancient Inca believe and pray to. Wiracocha came and he graced me with his presence. I was like, this is so cool. I'm seeing Wiracocha. He's saying hello. He's, he's, he's saying hi. So that was neat. And then, you know, my Icarus came and um, there was a few other like personal things I was seeing, like I could feel people and I, you know, I'm trying to make sense of like what my purpose is and, and what's love and, and all that. Um, I can't remember much else. I kind of was in and out of it. And, you know, some of the people were clapping. It was like an applause section going on over there. And I laughed during that. We felt very at one last night. It was a good feeling. It was a good vibe. And these are good people. And I just feel really connected with everybody. Um, even my neighbor, Marcus and Martina. I can't remember anything else really. It was really just to show me, cause that was my intention. Like show me how to believe, show me, show me what to do. Show me how do I kind of move forward with these lessons I'm learning. Like how do I trust that this is real? How do I take action for my life? And that's part of the integration that we'll start going into with the facilitators. And there's an integration team after that we'll work with. And this is an ongoing process. And they say ayahuasca doesn't just leave your system after you wake up. It continues to work and it's building. And sure enough, when I came home in my, Malo my tambo, this is my neighbor's tambo behind me, um, I just can hear the Icarus. I was singing it in my head as I was sleeping and I felt like I was going through waves some more. So it was working at night. It was working this morning. That was the other thing. Like I got my uh, plant remedies and we got the massages, the energetic massage work that I was um, prescribed by the maestros for my stomach my um, back and then once I got to breakfast I felt very tingly and again back to this like spaghetti kind of hands and that was the other thing oh yeah I forgot about this I was going through New York City where I live and in my hands I kept throwing my hands up at night and I was facing kind of the ceiling of the maloka and I could feel myself breathing and every breath I took was a very kind of deep breath that filled my lungs with oxygen and it was very slow and there were certain parts of my lungs that were being, you know, inflated, not like the whole lungs, but like this part, the lower part was only breathing or the higher part in a very slow, calm, peaceful way as if Mama Hayawasco was breathing for me. I could feel my belly expand as if I was pregnant. So that was the other thing I saw as a vision, like my belly came up. So who knows? Um, and then, um, right, so I was, I was laying down and my hands were going up and I was dancing and you know, again, spaghetti and just kind of like, like I was an my, uh, conductor of an orchestra and I could see myself rising, raising the plants up in New York City because I was told that the rivers are still not healthy in New York, East River and New York doesn't have enough plants. We need more plants, we need more green. And certain areas of New York were greener than others. So that was kind of a message. I was trying to like 
take the energies, just as I was doing ceremony one, rise the rocks up, you know, how the pyramids grew, you know, raise, rise up, raise up the, the plants, like have more green in the concrete jungle that I live in. And so like my hands were kind of like, you know, loosey goosey and it, breakfast this morning it was the same like I just kind of had another wave of this like just kind of very mellow very chill very kind of relaxed ready to receive more messages and then I had to have some quiet time for myself and just look out to the the jungle and feel close to nature and I did a lot of thinking about how do I put into action these lessons when I go home and you know, what does it mean for like next steps as a career? And what does it mean to choose myself and not let the world around me tell me what to do or tell me how to believe or tell me um, what's true and what's not? You know, no longer that serves me. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be controlled. I'm not gonna let society control me. I'm gonna be in charge of me. It's up to me, I'm responsible for myself and for my happiness and for making sure I'm protecting myself and taking care of myself and immersing myself in nature and finding time to meditate, finding time to connect with my energetic chakras through yoga and breathing and always coming back to this area that I'm in, in the rainforest. Um, it's beautiful. I still am not 100%, but I'm getting there. I. My intentions tonight, I talked to Adam a little bit, the facilitator, and you know, one of my intentions tonight is, what is the real core source of my anger? How do I work with anger? How do I, anger is an emotion that we have in this three-dimensional world. It's something that will never go away. It's, but how do we work with it? How do we, how do we use it responsibly? How do we, how do we not hurt people? How do we, you know, how do I release the anger that I have built up in me? Where is it coming from? Why did it come? So that's the question. Using the word show to Mama Hayawaska is going to be extremely important. It's an action verb. Show me. Please show me where my anger is stored. Show me where it, where it came from. Show me how I grew it. Show me how it, came, it went out of control. Show me um, how I can work with it going forward. Show me what it's like to be angry, I guess, or how I've hurt people. Show me who I am. I also was, you know, thinking about like next steps for jobs. And I feel like a lot of these jobs I've been interviewing for do have a green tone to it, green bank or this, um, this, um, this new fund that's beginning that is a, um, an investment fund in, um, in agriculture and in plants and in sustainability. And again, I was talking about reverse NGOs yesterday. Maybe there's a way to kind of bring the wisdoms from here into an investment vehicle um, that helps to, you know, exponentially grow this sense of reciprocity and helping to protect the rainforest as a result, a give and take with, um, with the Western world, with the capitalist world that I live in, that is New York, and the investment world with, you know, a reverence and a protection for, you know, the rainforest. It's, it's, the, it's the largest, it's the lungs of the earth. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's clean water, it's fresh air, it's um, biodiversity. It's, and when biodiversity, when the, so the, bio, and again, this is what I want Adam to talk about because he did a really great job explaining the importance of it kind of all working together. And, 
the minute we start to lose biodiversity, the minute we as humans start to break down, and it's a very necessary thing to have things in balance with nature. Um, you know, loneliness, depression, um, being out of whack, being not energetically aligned, you know, not knowing who we are, all that comes because we're not with nature more and more. And we're not with one another more and more as a community. And we, um, we have this kind of ego-driven need for more. I need more to be happy materialistically. I need more. And materialism is a result of, or results in destroying nature. So once you have the rainforest back in balance, which it's not, it's very unhealthy right now since the 70s and, and earlier, um, you know, how, how do you in, engage investment vehicles or banks or some sort of like conduit that brings that reciprocity, right? How do you how do you give and take in a way that helps to benefit um, the protection of nature, the protection of plants? You protect the plants. That's the first thing I said in my ceremony one. Protect the plants. You know, how do we become closer to that again? How do we bring ourselves closer to it as humans and it, it, the energies just continue to like build out and we help one another just through the ethos of it being balanced and clean and I mean I just feel really good to be in nature right now it's it's natural <laughs> nature is natural yeah, so, I mean, there was a lot of thinking there, like, where can I put my talents, my experiences to good use, to influence, to, to, to help stave off, you know, the destruction we're doing. So that's, that's some of the thoughts I had today. And, and I was crying a little bit because it's like, I really want to believe. I really, truly want to believe. And I'm just not there yet. Like, help me believe. I want to believe. I want to believe in this oneness. I want to understand. I want to believe that there's such a thing as what I'm experiencing right now. Like, I don't want to go home and just doubt it again. So that's the other thing I'm working on is, and also with anger is doubt. I doubt everything. It's the engineering mind. It's critical thinking. It's cynicism. It's dismissiveness, dismissing, ah, this is bullshit, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, if you want to put comments on YouTube, you can, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get some people fighting back and saying, you know, this is all bullshit. Like you're all making this up. You're, you know, some trippy hippie. <laughs> Just made that up. Um, yeah, fine. Say it's bullshit. I don't care. I really don't care. Um, because the reality is I'm feeling something and, and it matters what I'm experiencing. Cause that's what I need to make sense for me about what this is. It's a personal journey and I'm not here again. Here's the critic. Here's the disclaimer. I'm not here to tell you to do ayahuasca. I'm not here to tell you this is the best thing since sliced bread. You know, this is my journey and mine alone. Well, it's mine for me uniquely. And I think it should be done responsibly because ayahuasca is a um, vine that's very scarce right now because people keep cutting it down and, you know, boiling it down and sending it to New York and other places that are doing retreats. And I think it needs to be done responsibly, sustainably, and with the Shibibo people because they're Ikaros their years and years and years of training and listening to the plants and understanding and respecting, you know, this environment, that's the real wisdom. It's, it's not, you know, just taking ayahuasca or taking like mushrooms and saying, oh, I had a trippy experience and not really understanding it. It's the facilitators that are acting sort of like therapists to help you kind of think about, well, this is a projection, you know, you're projecting this and you're trying to make sense of this. What you're seeing in your visions are not predictions. So I thought that I predicted the present, 
I thought I predicted the presidency in ceremony two. I said, okay, Mike Bloomberg's going to win the presidency. It's not literal. So that's the other thing I've been learning is these aren't literal. So if I see someone in my dreams in these kind of ceremonial states while working with ayahuasca, it's not a like for like, you know, now I've seen the future and it looks like this. It's not that. It's bullshit. It's a way to symbolize how the bigger picture within you is unfolding and how you make sense of, you know, traumas and, and, um, and life experiences and, you know, what you want out of your life, your sense of purpose and, you know, connecting to the, to God, to the universe energies. And it's a constant, it's going to be a constant growth cycle. And I think the Shabibo people, the, the maestros and the maestras are just invaluable. They need to be here with you. You need to be in this setting to do this and don't do the like, you know, resort retreat shit too. I mean, I, I personally haven't experienced it, but you know, there's no frills here. You know, we're eating a very light balanced diet. Um, there's no swimming pool. There's no like, you know, amenities, like nice showers and tiles and shit like that. It's just, it's very, it's very kind of simplest. It's simple. It's simple living. And I just am so grateful that people took the time to build these structures. They're beautiful. These tambos that I live in and protect me from the rain. And the people who work the grounds, I think there's 60 people that work these grounds that every day are changing, you know, my sheets and doing my laundry and like changing my like compost bin where I use as a toilet, you know, cutting up the, the, the sand, the sawdust to like use for composting for the toilet, like make giving me fresh water cooking my meals, washing my dishes. Like there's a huge community that's unsung heroes that help me and others here to have this true experience. Um, I'm really grateful for that. I'm just grateful in general. I'm grateful for the maestros. I'm grateful that they, you know, are working with us so compassionately and, and joyfully. And they're just such good people. Like, you know, today I was looking at the, um, the crafts that um, Teresa was a, uh, was selling. She makes these bags. We have more stuff we get to buy later when they open the shop at the end. And that's the way we kind of re reciprocate back. We pay them for their artwork and it's a way of tipping in, in this sense. Like we don't have to tip them. We, we, we kindly buy their beautiful art that they make with love and care. And, um, and that's a reciprocal way and they can survive and, and thrive. So, so Teresa was showing me the shabibo that she knitted or stitched into and woven into the, um, the bag, the pattern of the bag, you know, the shabibo, I'm sorry, the ikro, excuse me, the ikro you can see, um, you know, when they sing to us and she sang it to me. She sang me, it was as if she was reading a music note and she sang it to me. And that's the thing, like when they spend time cra building their craft in, um, in, in solitude and working with their um, masters, they memorize the songs. So these ikros are all different. And there's, I don't remember hearing the same thing over and over again. They're all different songs in a, in a, in a beautiful tune. And she was, it was as if she was reading the music notes and she's like, Did, la, ha, 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 ha. Um, I can't see if I could do it. Like, um, like when Richard sings, he's always saying, medicina, ta, ta, fa, fa, ta, ta, medicina. And then, um, Benito sings, he, he keeps repeating, ayahuasca canopy, ayahuasca canopy. And, uh, and they sing it in their Shipibo tongue. So it's just, it's really beautiful. I love it. Um, 
So yeah, I really enjoyed that one that oneness with Teresa today when she's like, look, look, you know, she sang me the Shapivo and she was very, very in my face and close up and I just wanted to like give her a cosmic hug. And um, yeah, that was another thing. The last maestra to sing to me last night, I was like so happy. I was like <gasps> talking to her in my head. I was like, you know, um, I want to take you to New York, but I know that's impossible. I want to show you my apartment here. Let me visualize it. I'll show you where my you know living room is, and I'll show you you know here's my cat. And that's the other thing. I realized my cat is a spirit is there for me spiritually. She's my spiritual kind of like you know companion. So she's so she's she's happy to be with me. She found me, and she's there to protect. Um, so yeah. So I was, and then I was saying to um, the last maestro because I sometimes don't know who's who. It's so dark, and I'm in my trance. Um, but I think it was, I think it was Olga or Manuela. I think their names are Teresa, Olga, Manuela, Benito, and Richard. Those are the five. And then they have their Shipibo names, like um, Benito's is Anaconda Man and Shipibo. And so I was telling, I think, I think it was um, Marcella or Manuela, and I was saying that, um, and I saw Weracocha, Weracocha came to me. I was so excited. I'm like, did you know Weracocha came to me? So that's kind of where I was. And that's the thing. I feel like I'm getting a good rapport now with them was before I was, you know, they felt like strangers. I felt like a stranger to them. I was, I was not being appreciative. And now I'm so grateful. And I think Naomi, who's sitting near me, is saying the same thing. Like, she just loves them. Like, she wants them to spend time with her. And, you know, when they go away, she gets sad. So, like, I think we're growing this love. And um, we're all on different paths. We're all on different stages. Some, you know, are walking away and feeling as if they've done enough or haven't done anything at all and it's not working. But um, we will continue on this journey because um, there's more to come. So soon enough, Ceremony 5 is going to begin in about a few hours. And my mantras or my intentions are going to be this, show me the source of my anger and everything related to it. And I also want to know, because later around lunch, I was drawn to the library section and I started, you know, thumbing through um, Graham Hancock's book about like ancient civilizations like Egypt and, you know, Bolivia, Tiwanaku, where we're going to, where Wiracocha, his temple is, um, you know, Chichen Itza, uh, Machu Picchu, you know, ancient Inca, ancient Aztec, ancient Maya, ancient Egypt. And um, so I think I'm really drawn to that. I always have been. I always will. You know, Easter Island is very interesting. Stonehenge is very interesting. Has a lot of meaning, coincidentally, a lot of uh, synchronicities for me, Stonehenge. And, uh, you know, I think one of my intentions tonight is going to be show me the mysteries of the universe. Show me the mysteries of history. Like, I, I know you showed me how the pyramids were, you know, you just raise them up. <laughs> but show me, like show me more. I want to know more. I want to see it because I'm going there next. I'm going to Bolivia next. I'm going to Lake Titicaca after this. So, you know, why am I going there? What am I learning? What should I know? Give me some history of what's going on. So that's kind of where my intention is going to be. And on, on, ongoing, why did you bring me here? How do I trust? How do I believe? Show me um, how I don't have doubt anymore. So we'll see what happens, but I feel good. I was really tired just now, but I feel good. And um, I think we all feel good. So yeah, thanks for listening. There'll, more, there'll be more to come. So be emboldened. Talk to you soon.